0: on how you buy, you struggling to find the perfect vacation home? Getting lost online, watching too many uh, videos of dogs surfing? You need Verbo. That's VRBO. They do the hard work for you, matching you to the perfect place to stay every time—from condos to cabins, places with yards, grills, or hot tubs—they've got it all. My mom Sally, she heard me. She goes, "It's not Verbo, it's VRBO." I go, "Mom, it's Verbo." She uses it all the time. She didn't even know how it was pronounced. Search VRBO in the app store. To download the Verbo app today, put a stop to frustrating vacation searches. Let Verbo find a home that matches you. Hello, everybody. Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins. What do these people have in common? Well, I would say they're uh, masters of the form when it comes to comedy podcasting. I think these are people who have set the bar over the years. You can't really argue that. Guess what? They're back. It's a brand new season of their hit show, Threedom. It's inspired by their fun conversations on tour. These three friends sit down to discuss each other, the world, and everything in between. Don't miss out on the hilarity. Listen to the new season of Threedom only on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash Use the promo code STORIES. That's T-H-R-E-E-D-O-M. Scott, Lauren, and Paul are all really nice, really funny. Support them. Hello to everybody who likes to get out there And throw a good liver shot it's beautiful and ominous One hour, one phone call No names No holds barred I'd rather go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me Hi everybody, it's Chris Chris Gethard. Hi, you're listening to Beautiful Anonymous. Thanks so much for checking in. All the people who listen to the show. I just gotta I always do it. But I thank you so much. A whole bunch of people have been coming out to my shows in Brooklyn. And the Beautiful Anonymous fans, always the nicest ones. The fans of the other stuff aren't as nice. And they're nice. You guys are really nice. This week, I'm hoping. This is coming out what? April 16th, I think. April 16th. I'm asking everyone. If you're downloading this and listening to it on April 16th or even this week when you get to this episode, now's the time. Whatever podcast app you use, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, let's game the system this week. If you haven't left a review for Beautiful Anonymous, you haven't left those five stars. If or I'm not going to force you to do five. Whatever your gut tells you, you haven't gone and, and typed out an actual review about why you like the show. Let's make this week the week. I'm just doing a uh, a review drive. I've never done this on the show before. And I'm doing this for two reasons. One obviously, help sell ads. I'm not going to lie about that. It'll look cool to go up the charts. I think it'll be, look, make us look good and it'll just help. It's a cool sign of strength. But number two, it's going to be fun for all of you guys to realize that this is a strong community. I'm the only one who really gets to see the whole community. I travel around. I go to Huntsville. I go to Nashville. I go to Salt Lake City. I, I go to I go to every corner of the globe. I go to London. And, and all you nice people come up to me and say, you listen to the show. And it's so weird for me because I'm just, I'm the only one who gets a full sense of the community. So everybody show up, leave a review, and we're just going to laugh and laugh and laugh. The last time I checked Beautiful Anonymous was the number 130th ranked comedy podcast. I bet if we all leave a review the same day, same week, they'll just charge up the charts. Also want to let everybody know we got a new t-shirt over at podswag.com slash beautiful. It's uh, it's inspired by episode 153, car crash, an episode that I think was very meaningful to a lot of people. In the course of that, uh, the phrase was said, please still try. And I responded and said, I kind of feel like that could be the motto for This entire show, this entire project that is Beautiful Anonymous, a lot of people seem to agree. A lot of people rallied around that phrase of please still try. So we got the new please still try t-shirt at podswag.com slash beautiful. This week's episode, some of you guys are going to love it. Some of you guys are going to hate it. It's old school. We have someone who got through has never heard the show before. I know that's infuriating to a lot of you guys who try to call all the time. He has never heard the show. He gets on the show. It's kind of appropriate to ask for the review drive when we have a first-time listener who's actually calling the show, uh, listening to his own episode. That's his first experience with Beautiful Anonymous as as it unfolds. Uh, It's a fun episode. We talk about boxing a lot up top. We don't talk about boxing the whole time, don't worry. It meanders. It goes in a whole bunch of directions. I think there's a whole lot of people who say, I miss I miss the early days of the show when it was totally unplanned. This is that. It's a fun one. I thank the caller for calling, and uh, ch- maybe you'll subscribe. Maybe you're, you'll subscribe and leave a review. And everybody else out there, let's have a fun week. If you're so inclined, game the system. This is the week where we game the system, leave reviews, enjoy the call. Thank you for calling, beautiful anonymous. A beeping noise
1: will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hello? Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I had a weird morning, but I'm all right. Why was it weird? I threw up. Threw up this morning. <laughs>
1: it uh, it happens to the best of us. Was it a, a late night or just a bad morning?
0: No, I don't have late nights anymore. That's not been a factor for a few years <laughs> now. I'm getting old. I uh, I, I I I take jujitsu classes, and I I. I went a little too hard, and I dehydrated myself. I also think I ate—I ate some vitamins on a relatively empty stomach, and that always gets my tummy bad. So I threw up after, mm. after my class.
1: I—I I can relate to the the jujitsu part. I—I uh, I used to box a lot, take a lot of boxing classes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can you can kind of hit that uh, hit that wall pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it was like we were all sparring and we were and then it was like, "Hey, Chris, do you have another round in you? This guy wants to go." And I knew in my heart that I was already overheating. And I but I didn't want to yep. le- I I wanted to be a good teammate and help this person train, so I said, "Let's do it." It was a big mistake. And I yep. almost collapsed in the shower and people in the locker room were asking me if I was okay, and then I threw up. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's hard to And it's also, you know, among, it depends on sort of the group of people, but it's hard to, it's hard to be kind of vulnerable in in a group where you're supposed to be, you know, it's a martial art, right? And so it's hard to, it's hard to say when somebody says you got one more in you to go, no, I really don't, uh, unless you're with the the right people uh, who understand it. So you can push yourself a little too hard.
0: Yeah. And then there's the, uh, I think you're right. There's some ego in there. And there's also the side of it too of like well if I quit now this person has to be done for the day and they took the train they, they <laughs> yeah, got up right. early Yeah 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 and, and you kind of yep. use them and, uh, as your own motivation
1: Yeah and it's the yeah the guy the guy across from you, you know they're they're paying for it too and you almost feel like you're letting them down
0: Yeah be a good teammate even in yeah. a sport where you're punching each other in the face you still got to be a good teammate <laughs> How far did you take the boxing yeah, Exactly was it just you know Not could, too far yeah, because that can be uh, that can be know, anything from like sweated out to like oh you're in some old school like Gleason's gym, or it can be like oh I'm fighting in a uh, golden gloves.
1: No, it was it was you know occasional sparring and that's it. Yeah. Um, the the tough bit, you know, there's with with the way that you know we're learning more and more about CTE, right? Um, it's it's fun to get the the taste of it, right? But I'm frankly too too afraid to go much farther than that. Um, so it, you know, it's kind of it's it's there's nothing there's no other way to like actually understand what um, you know what what defense is like, right? Than other than having somebody throw a fist at your head. Um, yeah. and so yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to see that, and I, you know, I got my taste of it, and I think that was about it.
0: I did a little boxing. I've done a little boxing my day. The problem is it makes uh every joint in your body hurt and you can't lift your arms uh like a, <laughs> even a third as high as they're supposed to.
1: Yeah. It's it's much more I think for for people, you know, who who maybe listen to this later who've never tried it. I mean I, I it's, you know, the best kind of full body workout I've ever experienced, but but also the I think the the part that's surprising that people have tried it for the first time is like how much more endurance it is than it is you know hitting hard right that uh it's more about just being able to to like keep your hands up that's actually the really hard part, yeah. not throwing the punches but yeah
0: yeah, but there is a part of me, and I don't know maybe this is like an outdated maybe this is an outdated thought, maybe attitudes inside have moved on, but. I think there's a lot of people, myself included, who are well served by an occasional punch to the face. I think it really puts you <laughs> puts you in a good mental state, keeps some things in perspective, makes the the rest yeah. of your day seem not as bad, keeps you humble.
1: You know, the 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 it's a little bit of the the call of the void um, that you know it's it's self destructive, but uh, maybe in a good way. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I think the same thing that that drives you know a uh, you know, you kind of have to be a little bit of a masochist to enjoy it. But, yeah. um, I don't know, a little bit of poison every day won't kill you, right?
0: Who's a, uh, uh, who's oh, are you
1: get used to the poison?
0: You do, right? And then it's like the princess yep. bride. Then it's like the princess bride. You took one <laughs> grain a day. My,
1: yeah, my girlfriend would love, uh love that you made that reference.
0: Well, hey, that's the secret that's the secret of my success is that on one hand I can be talking about the value of getting punched in the face. And then the next breath let's reference a sweet romantic comedic movie of many generations ago. Are you, are you you a boxing fan? Do you watch boxing?
1: I do. And I feel conflicted about it.
0: Yeah, Um, me too.
1: uh, Yeah, because it's really fun to watch. Right. And particularly, you know, if you, uh, have any idea what's going on, it's, it's fascinating. And, uh, it's, uh, and also gives you that appreciation, you know, for any, like any pro sport, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, against an amateur, right. It's just like, Oh my God, these people are unreal. But the, what I'm conflicted about it is in the same way that I, uh, so, you know, back to the CET, CTE thing, right. Uh, people are kind of destroying themselves for your benefit. And, you know, they're walking in knowing, Full well, right? What the the dangers are now? They are, you know. Back in the day, I'm not sure anybody anybody did, but now they do. So it's like, well, look if you want to make that deal about, you know, taking the money and in return, you know, liter- beating yourself up or you know getting getting yourself beat up. But the other part that that sort of concerns me is it's not. That choice makes sense, but what other choices exist for a lot of these guys who, for whom, this was their only way out, you know, or like it's it's the only thing they've ever done.
0: And, and then they so, get, and then they so, get exploited, and they and, get they put their bodies online. And you got you got your don kings of the world who are maybe taking a little extra off yeah. the tops. So, <laughs> so it's a shady world. I found I found yeah. it in the I did boxing training only a handful of times, and I'll tell you with the headgear on. I will. T- here's what I learned is that when you get punched in the face with a boxing glove on, it hurts. But you tell me yeah. if I'm wrong. The pain is not really the issue. It's the immense amount of confusion that's really bad.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's 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 the shock of it.
0: You're like, uh, what was that? Than, uh... Where did it come from? What direction am I facing now? What happened there? Oh, yeah, wait, you, also you it hurts. See it.
1: Right, and you can see it. And when the pros, right? It very rare. Like the you know the one the one punch knockout is kind of the you know the famous you know like what you think of in, in a Rocky movie. But more, it's just the accumulation of a combination, right? Yeah. Um, you know, one will surprise somebody, and then the hands come down, and then it's just two, three, four, five, and you know, all of a sudden they're against the ropes, and the ref's holding them up, right? Yeah. Um,
0: it's not m- Tyson, yeah, that, that not shark. too. Tyson was really the only one in my lifetime I can remember where he had the one punch knockout thing reliably. Well, and he also
1: I was watching a video of him that showed up on on YouTube the other day of him as like a sixteen year old. I saw um, it fighting, and he, yeah, did you see that? And he was throwing just absolute bombs as yeah. a sixteen year old. Like, yes. Like we're you know like collapse my ribcage even if I'd known it was coming right. Just absolute bombs, and uh. I, so you know he's one of those one of those true like you know crazy power that could bring anybody else down. But more majority of these guys, if they you know if it ends in a knockout, it's it's from what exactly what you I think what you felt, which is the you know it's, the surprise disorients you, and then you just can't defend
0: yourself anymore. The shock and um, the shock and the awe. Now I'm going to tell yeah. you I'm going to tell you three facts about me, and then you have to guess who my favorite boxer of all time is.
1: Okay. All right. We'll give it a run.
0: One, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Two, I don't know if I'm primarily concerned with being the best comedian as long as I put on a show that really makes people in the room that night feel like they saw something special. Okay. Three, I really think one of my greatest assets is that even though I'm not the most talented, I know how to keep going even when I catch bad breaks. I e I I know how to get back up again after I've been knocked down
1: right you're uh you've got you've got heart as they would say yeah
0: I got heart like John Starks, yeah. as the BC boys once said
1: uh, yeah harden harden heart and a good chin right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know I don't know my my knowledge of of you know i know I know all the all the greats but my knowledge of of sort of boxing history is pretty limited I've been trying to read up you know, as I've been getting into it, but I'm not sure. Uh, It's it's the Jersey thing that's throwing me off. I'm I'm trying to, yeah, trying to go through my my list.
0: Jersey City. Fought out of Jersey City, New Jersey, baby. We're talking about (laughs) Arturo, Thunder, Gaddy. You ever see those fights? Gaddy versus Ward?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, Gotti versus Ward, right? Uh, the the you know the the Irish hero, right? Yeah. Uh, where the two of them, what was that round? The round like of round the century,
0: the round of the yep, century,
1: where they are just two minutes of absolute brutalization oh. for both of them. Their yeah. first
0: fight, round nine. Watch <laughs> yeah. it. Just Google round of the century. It's round nine of the first fight between Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, and it's truly insane, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, because it, it's just
1: it's one guy throwing himself out right uh, out of gas and then putting his hands down. And then the other guy comes back with all he has and then puts his hands down and then it comes back again. Right. And it's that for two minutes. And it just it's brutal. Um, and you can see it on their faces, too, it, that they know exactly what's happening right now. It, it's just horrible.
0: Yes, both of them yeah. just choosing not to fall down and wondering why they won't. Even they wondering why they won't. Leading, <laughs> leading I believe, Jim Lampley to say, or was it Emmanuel Stewart? It might have been, uh, I think it was Jim Lampley. I knew we might see the fight of the year, but I didn't know we were going to see the round of the century. I believe that's the quote.
1: Yeah. God damn, that's you know what good I've, fights. I've always wondered about, with that sort of thing is what the, what, you know, the the trainer is looking for, right? Yeah. Because if I had been sitting in that corner, uh, you know, what, how do you decide whether to throw the towel or not? Like you talk about it beforehand. Like if I see this, we're done. Do you not talk about it? Cause you don't want your fighter to, to think about that. Like, how do you, what are you thinking about in terms of just, damage taken in future career when you watch something like that. Because I don't know yeah. if I would have had the stomach for it, frankly.
0: Well, I feel like those two fighters in particular, though, they're trainers. know if you throw in the towel on me, we're going to have a real serious no, You're not the trainer anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, when was the last time you know. threw up? When was that? What's the most recent vomit experience you've had? Mine was this morning.
1: Uh, that's a good question. Are you? By the way, are you, I was going to ask, are you feeling better? At least
0: so much better. I drank a ton of water, and I went right away and ate myself. I ate a little lunch, got some salt and electrolyte back in the system, and I bounced back. My stomach's still a little wonky, but I no longer feel like I'm going to pass out. But thank you for asking. That was yeah. quite considerate of
1: you. Well, and yeah, well, uh, I should have led with it. But other than oh, you know okay. talking about getting punched, um, gotta. the uh, uh, let's see, the last time that I threw up. Um, you know, it was probably, it was probably a couple months ago. Um, I, uh, I recently mm-hmm. moved, uh, across the country for work. And so I had, you know, one or two kind of, uh, goodbye celebrations with friends and, uh, mm-hmm. and one of them, uh, kind of mm-hmm. got out of hand, mm-hmm. had a little too much to drink and ended up, you know, throwing up. I think that was probably, probably it. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah you know nothing no no spectacular story but uh, hey, if i had to guess
0: I was, just, I was just looking for the facts you don't need to blow my mind <laughs> just looking for the facts now, it's been 15 i do feel uh, we let the boxing talk get a little out of control most people don't just talk about boxing and vomiting for the first 15 minutes i want to make sure if there's anything you want to talk about the floor is yours i'm happy to chit chat about boxing well, forever but
1: no 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 i you know the the only thing that's sort of that's on my mind um mrs you might find this funny or you might find it horrifying, i'm not sure, but i've actually never listened uh to the podcast uh, I, uh, yeah i so i i have i came twice to uh the chris Gethard show and my my girlfriend um uh is a huge huge fan of the podcast
0: uh, please think her so for me.
1: i oh i Trust me, she's gonna she's gonna kill me um, <laughs> when I when, you know if flesh, when I tell her. Yeah. Um, but she's the one who who introduced me to you, and uh, and so and we went twice to uh, the to your show. Um, the first was uh, when Method Man was on, who was uh, so remarkably personable in in the interview you did with him i was just i was blown away um, by it and i had such a good time
0: you know that all the production staff was great and all he's that he's an amazingly so, yeah, charismatic method man insanely charismatic oh, God, also yeah. in person you can vouch for me shockingly handsome
1: very handsome
0: mm-hmm. very
1: handsome great dude yeah he's uh, he, i in the two you know, to a certain extent, go hand in hand, right? But he was, yeah, I thought he did. And he also seemed like, and maybe you can kind of do a little behind the scenes here, but yeah. it seemed like, you know, he didn't know much about the show either. No. But he did a great job with it, right? Well, here's, a, here's a, I'll <laughs> tell you one of the got most, You gotta give him credit.
0: I will tell you, here's one of the most flattering things anyone's ever said to me. I met him at, an event called The Upfronts, where different TV shows go and you talk to tons of journalists. It's very annoying and very okay. gross. I was there promoting my show, and he was there promoting a show that he was producing. And he saw me, and he stopped me.
1: He wasn't there promoting your show?
0: I wish, I wish, if he just inexplicably <laughs> was promoting my projects. And that's how we got to know each other. Um, no, he's, and he's a great hype man. He stopped me and he said, hey, you're Chris Gethard. And I was like, holy shit, you're Method Man. Like, why do you know who I am? (laughs) And he goes, I'll tell you something. He goes, I saw your career suicide special on HBO. And this is true. Method Man says to me, he goes, there's been three comedians in my life who I can think of that make me think while they're also making me laugh. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Chris Gethard. Method Man said that to me. Wow. Some of the greatest flattery. Wow! And then I, we got to talking and I was like, I'm here pr- promoting my show. If you ever want to do it, let me know. He's like, dude, yeah. after what you did on HBO, anything you need, I'll always help you out. And he came on the show and he killed it. He's the best. I'm going to tell you yeah, something. Uh, now, great. now, you don't listen to Beautiful. Somebody, all, oh, yeah, go for it. What's the question?
1: Well, when, uh, one quick question. When somebody says something like that to you, you know, that uh, unfortunately, you know, I don't have quite the the kind of career at the moment that, you know, puts me in, in the, same, the same sort of sentences as, as Dave Chappelle and, and Chris Rock. But when somebody says something like that to you, do you, do you shrink or do you grow? You know, is that like, mm. like you're trying to sort of fill that bubble or are you like, oh, my God, I, you know, I can't occupy the last part of that sentence, like, because well, I can kind of see it going both ways, right?
0: On the one hand, my initial instinct is, well, that's not true. I'm I certainly am not someone of the skills of a Chappelle or a rock. I'm the first to admit that. But then I'm also like it but who yep. am I who am I to invalidate Method Man's experience? Tacal. Yeah. I'm true. not here trying to undercut the Tikalian stallion, if that is his opinion. <laughs> I just appreciate the thought and the praise. Because he's also someone who I've I mean, I grew up in the northeast in the nineties, like the Wu-Tang clan was a yep. massive part of my pop culture experience. So uh, uh,
1: that that very much came through in the, in the, the show too about, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say you were fanboying, but to a certain extent uh, you were, and it that was, that was great because your, your earnestness really kind of, I think made him comfortable.
0: Quite that, genuine. he uh, Quite genuine. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's, people give me praise and it's nice. I mean, two things I'll say. The, okay the one part, I would say part one is I'm very aware that I am not a mainstream entity. So I'm. Very happy to understand that my work has helped a small amount of people relative to some others. Like I know, like initially I'm like, oh, I'm not Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle, sells out football stadiums if he feels like it. Like get down on myself, but I go, you know what? Right. I have a much smaller fan base, but I, I get the sense that the stuff I've done means a lot to them, and I will take that ten times out of ten. Um, that's my it's
1: funny that you yeah. the, the Dave the Dave Chappelle being the big side of that because I immediately think of. I can't remember which Chris Rock album it was, but at one point in one of his albums he has a supercut of him saying the same punchline of, you know, I said this in Johannesburg, I said it, yes. I said it in Paris, yes. I said it, I said it it you know, and it's like it's an interesting choice to make in in producing the album like that because you do get slightly different reactions in each one of the cities. But it also yeah. like you then realize the scope of like who Chris Rock is like it, you know very quickly yeah uh,
0: and then I'm no, yeah and uh, then I've got like a two hundred seat uh, room maybe two thirds full in Huntsville Alabama like you know <laughs> so I know who I am um, but I'm happy that right, right. I'm happy to do stuff that people find thoughtful and smart and uh, and yeah I think that's. Hey, you know what? I'm bringing up uh, ticket sales. That makes me realize there's a lot of things for sale in this world, and some of them are for sale on this podcast. We have advertisers, they have products, they have services. Check them out. Use the promo codes. When you do, it helps the show survive. We'll be right back after this. We all need someone to talk to a person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. That's where Talkspace comes in. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. It's mobile, it's affordable, and it's available when you need it. Simply provide your preferences for therapy and Talkspace will match with one of 4,000 plus therapists the very same day. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. That is one of the most true things I can say in this world. You're not alone. There's more than 1 million people who are feeling happier because they use Talkspace. I got to say, Talkspace is one of the longtime advertisers on the show. I thank them for uh, for being such a big part of Beautiful Anonymous. And I can say so genuinely, gone out there on the road, I do these shows, I meet Beautiful Anonymous fans. And I've met many, many people at this point who have said that they uh, have tried Talkspace because of the show and they had good experiences. And it makes me feel good. For 12 years, I've been in traditional therapy, and uh, I'm so glad to see Talkspace is doing a modern take on it when they first started advertising. And, you know, everyone's got to find the type of therapy that fits for them. And uh, it's, it's been such a warm feeling to realize that this show has introduced a lot of people to a system that has genuinely helped. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code BEAUTIFUL to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's beautiful at talkspace.com. Thanks again to all our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. I'm happy to do stuff that people find thoughtful and smart. And uh, and yeah, I think that's... You yeah. know, and no, the praise goes a long way, but it also doesn't erase the emotional impact of seeing people on the internet consistently be like, "This guy's not funny, and he's ugly, and he has mutant hands." Like those add up.
1: Ah, uh, I see. Those, yeah, those add yeah, yeah, up too. Uh, right? You still feel the the, the slings and arrows of of Twitter. You have Twitter and all that, even even if you don't want to. Even if you have Method Man yes. as your hype man, it's still hard to it's
0: hard to avoid the other right. side of it. No. I think one of the sad things one of the things that I am aware makes people who love me in my real life sad. And it makes me sad when I have the perspective to see it is that I let the bad hurt me more than I let the good, um, affect me in the positive. And I think that is sometimes hard to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but it's also, it's part and parcel of the, you know, the, success that you have is, is having that perspective, right? Uh, you can't, uh, you know, I've watched, um, career suicide and, um, I don't think someone who takes the praise more than the criticism could do that set. Uh, oh, no. so, you know, it's all, yeah. Right. It like, I, it's just, it. that's just not, it's you, it's inescapable. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're Doomed, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I am doing myself better, though. I've longed sounds good.
0: Well, but, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you know my work well enough to know that me doing a hobby that's me physically being beaten and choked, uh, is very in character. <laughs> no, like, I want to explain to you, I want to explain to you that, uh, um, you don't listen to Beautiful Anonymous. I'm not sure how aware you are of it. I will say this episode, I'm gonna just let you know, and I'm not mad about it. I think some people are gonna love this. Some people are gonna hate this, is by far directionless compared to how the show usually goes. People usually show I'm also gonna, I don't know if you are aware. So I'm I'm checking right now and we are coming up on you got through, you'd never listen to the show. There are people furious with you right now because there are people oh, who listen there's people who listen religiously and try to call every time. There's almost eleven thousand people have tried to call while you and I are talking and some guy who's never even bothered to listen is on. It's not going to make all of them thrilled. What is your message to them?
1: No I my message to them is I apologize Uh, and I have no business. I have no business (laughs) being on the podcast, but my second message is, you know, uh, I have maintained to my girlfriend that I was going to try to get on before she did to see what would happen. Ah. And uh, you know, if anybody, if anybody can, if any, if I am forgiven for anything, it can be, you know, I, I'm keeping a promise,
0: but Uh, it also sounds like a competitive it sounds like one of those uh, playful couple jokes meant to infuriate her, and now it's come true, and you're going to have to deal oh, with the aftermath. A
1: little, well, well, the you know, as I was as I was sitting
0: uh, and listening to the the nice uh,
1: punk rock selection that you had, mm-hmm. I was sitting there because you you open for those of you uh, who have not been as fortunate as I in this moment. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, you now who you're who getting cocky. The, now you're rubbing it in uh, a little bit. You're rubbing <laughs> it in, like. Lean it, lean into it when you have the chance, right? The heel. Uh, You're
0: taking a heel turn.
1: <laughs> but you do say, you know, uh, in sort of, I don't know what you would call it, the whole music. Like, yeah. look, you know, think hard about whether you want your voice on the podcast. And I don't so much mind that. But what I did, I was trying to think through is, oh, God, this joke is becoming very real now. <laughs> you know, and like, what's the implication uh-huh. of that? So your girlfriend. Uh, which I'm sure you yeah you've uh, experienced
0: that, oh yeah, Here I mean are. if there's anybody who's taken a joke to a point of his own discomfort, it's a guy who once uh, ate a pot cookie on a helicopter and then went on live t v thinking it would be funny <laughs> in theory and then being thrown into the abyss as that happened for now your girl you say your girlfriend listens often to the show. would you say every episode? Yes, so she's Roll. going to hear this, yes. And you clearly, I will say again, it's been lovely. We've largely talked about boxing, and then me and Method Man. That's not, usually yep. just to give you perspective. People usually call up and they tell me um, stories of sort of their deepest life philosophies, or fears, or maybe their uh, most profound experiences as a human. Uh, someone once told me that they were about to leave for federal prison. We had someone uh, who survived. You had Paul Manafort on on beautiful. Anonymous. No, he's not the only human yeah. in prison, dude. But this is just an example <laughs> well, of you know. people. You know, people who are trying yeah. to start small businesses. People who are who are who are going through massive life changes. People, someone whose house just burned down, and we we got me and you talking about what it's like to get punched in the face and uh and and method man, and now you, know, you make f- but that's
1: also that can be life changing, getting punched <laughs> in the face uh, and the way that you talked about jujitsu, it seems like you know it's it's made a positive change in your life, so i don't I don't think we're that far afield
0: now, I'm loving this because um, you're owning it, you're owning you are dif- the part where I'm saying <laughs> that the listeners are not used to this, you're owning it and being like, yeah, no, but this is great too. I love that, and I love and oh, people who aren't as fortunate to get in as that you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it.
1: You know, Chris, you're you're not, you know, it's your it's your podcast, right? Um That is true. Yeah. And uh so I don't know, I you know the I would like to <laughs> I would like to to say that, you know, I had some sort of enormous wisdom to impart, you know, from my own life or some major upcoming crisis, um, or something, you know, sort of deeper, and more existential to talk about. But at, you know, at this moment, I don't know that I do. Um, I'm taking the, the, the GRE in, in a, about a week. Um, oh, I'm nice. thinking of going to grad school. Okay. okay. Um, so, you know, I've kind of got that on the brain. I recently moved across the country for a job. Okay. Um, nice. and, and my, you know, and, and that was, that was sort of a big thing. Um cool. and you know the sort of to date I, I'd say the most um, I don't know the, the most interesting circumstance in which I found myself is yeah. You know, at one point uh, in 2016 I worked on on uh, on HRC's campaign Ooh. and um, and so uh, in a sort of limited role for a couple months um, doing uh, I'm not sure how how deep to go into here but let's say doing, doing analytics work and, um, and yeah. And you know, that I think, uh, you know, if you were to, to reach for kind of an interesting story or series of stories, I guess that's it. Well, those are, you know, it's not right. Not everybody who we all, we all, we go through moments, right. And (laughs) it just so happens that I, I got lucky on, on a day where I'm feeling like things are pretty, pretty, pretty normal. Um, so why not talk about boxing or jujitsu or? Whatever. I
0: love it. Now, okay, uh, with that mind, yeah. with that mind, can I ask you? So you've had this hey, long, long running competition with your own girlfriend, and how long have you guys yeah. been together?
1: Uh let's see. It would be a little over two years now.
0: A little over two years, and you have long said, in a chiding way, "I will get through to that show you like before you do," and now it's happened. Are there any specific yep. messages you'd like to send to your girlfriend of two years, knowing she's listening, and probably a little salty that you've made it on the air? <laughs>
1: um, if, I, if I may get uh, sentimental for a moment, um, that, that I love her very much. Oh, that nice. uh, she's been, uh, she, she took a move across the country um, for this, with me for this job. Uh, that I took, and, uh, I don't know if I would have had, the. Uh, and she had lived in our, our previous, um, sort of city for, I don't know, seven, eight years. Uh, and you know, a year and a half in, I got this opportunity and, uh, and I said, I think I'm thinking about taking it, but it's going to require a move. And she said, I'm in, um, and oh, so yeah. she's been, she's been working remotely and, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to, uh, that uh, she may not believe it um, herself, but uh, I think that shows um, a lot of courage and uh, a lot of sort of inner strength that she may not see in herself, but I see it in her. Uh, and uh, yeah, I hope she, I hope she knows that. And if she doesn't, well, now she and, and everybody else who listens knows it.
0: Well done, smart play, smart play, dude. <laughs> that could have gone in many directions. To let that. Unfold into a beautiful monologue where you say, even though she doesn't see her own inner strength, it's there. And uh, I see it well played. You just melted everybody's hearts. Everybody just went from being I, a little you bitter. Know, you got through to a little bit in love with you. Well done.
1: The Right. It's the heel to the baby face. There's always a term for two or three,
0: right? So. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You know your wrestling psychology. One or
1: more. Yeah, one or more, one or two more left before the end of the phone call.
0: Yeah, re- we're talking wrestling. I tell you, I went to NXT Takeover and WrestleMania this weekend. I saw two different wrestling. You know, I've shows.
1: actually, I've never seen any live wrestling though. My parent's Great. first date was uh, was wrestling, really. Um, and uh, yeah, my dad still talks about it and my mother doesn't, which I'm not <laughs> sure why that is. But you can read
0: into it what you will. Do they? Does your dad remember who the main event was?
1: No, he was actually there because he was part of a sort of like a big brother, big sister thing. And and the the kid that he was sort of mentoring was just really into wrestling. And I, Mm -hmm. this is a guy who my, I grew up, um, I grew up a couple blocks from, from a ballpark. uh, And my dad could not care less about uh, any kind of sport, basically. Uh, But my mother when we were growing up, my sister and I, she used to um, uh, come home from work and uh, she'd take us out in a stroller and uh, she'd buy two tickets off a scalper and she'd put me next to her and my sister in her lap and watch a game and we would leave. And so by all my experiences of just sports and of, of sporting is with her, not really with my dad. And so I have a hard time sort of imagining this situation because it's it's not the sort of thing my dad would sign up for, but I think uh, uh, he made, uh, you know, obviously made the most of it because it, it worked out. But
0: wow, a heartwarming, yeah, heartwarming tale. Ultimately, about parental well, roles you know, and I've, your mom.
1: <laughs> well, it's the you know, if anybody is out there is thinking, boy, you know, I've got two wrestling tickets. Should should I ask this this guy or girl to it? I guess all I have to say is give it a try. It's worked before, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what to make of this one. I don't know what I, <laughs> some people are going to this is going to be divisive. Some people are going to love the chit-chat. Some people are like, All right, what yeah. else what else would you talk about? If you uh, were me, what would you what what, do you, what would if you were helping me? Out, would you
1: asked me. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh I would talk I think I would talk about the campaign I think was with you know because I don't know if you've had anybody who who worked on that um and even if we want to get really divisive we can do that um you know the the other the other thing I was sort of prepared to talk about was the other guy or the other time I went to see your show um it was to see uh, actually the musical guest uh one of my favorites uh Ted Leo was on uh-huh, the show another uh-huh. another good uh another good new Jerseyan. and yes and uh, and that you know that was the other thing i was thinking about talking about was how you know it's it's funny how much um my in high school listening to him has informed how much of the bands that i like now because of things that i heard him sort of sight and, you know, and, and sing about and talk about it shows about, oh, I better go listen to Bad Brains. Like, oh, I better go listen to Thin Lizzy. Like, oh, I better go listen to The Misfits to get, really get what all of this is. And, you know, and found some other stuff that I really liked. So it was, it was very fun, you know. Um, and I, I can't thank you enough because uh, I got to sit there and chat with him after the show, which I don't know if, I would have had that opportunity to sort of meet one of your heroes, and he couldn't have been he couldn't have been nicer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We can talk about that. It was funny to see the other day. Uh, that O'Rourke said that he, I think, he was going to have a Fugazi administration, which I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, um, but yes, uh, yeah. It, I I have no. I you know I'm just stumped. I'm totally stumped by that statement. Well, I, don't know I get if it. Right.
0: You yeah, get. Is, I but, mean, if you're a Ted Leo, yeah. okay. First of all, let me just say I want to echo that Ted Leo is a brilliant musician and also a kind man, a good person yeah. and a kind man and a true gentleman of New Jersey. And I lo- I'm lucky to have been <laughs> in his sphere a couple of times because he's a true artist. and It's inspiring. Love that you find other music. But yeah, I mean Beto O'Rourke saying he's really into Fugazi. I mean, what was Fugazi Fugazi was even for anybody who doesn't know not not everybody listening to this show likes punk rock. There was a band called Minor Threat, very punk rock, very hardcore, very screaming and yelling, what you would think. Also had the song Straight Edge, which spawned the Straight Edge movement, which you may have heard of, even outside of punk rock. Went on to be in a band that I think a lot of people would consider more thoughtful and more musical called Fugazi and they were known for their very strong sense of ethics all their shows were all ages they never charged more than what was it five bucks or ten bucks per show yeah
1: it was something like that it was nothing basically
0: yeah they made sure everything was very accessible they had a lot of rules regarding their merchandising as well and uh, yeah Ian MacKay is I I think they maybe had no merchandising right the famous shirt is this is not a Fugazi t-shirt that's like a well known shirt in punk right Um, but Ian, it, Ian McKay, yeah. very inspiring guy who never has kind of, you know, he uh, founded Discord Records. He's put out a lot of great stuff, and he's very famously one of the people who has actually decades in still not betrayed the ethics he laid out in his earliest days. I think that's what Beto means.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there, there's not that many sort of – like elder statesmen of of that era of punk rock, like maybe Henry Rollins, maybe maybe him. Um and and so it's it's just interesting to I don't know, uh that uh to hear to hear that brought up rather than, you know, anything else. Um I yeah, uh the I'm, I'm trying to think. Um the you know the other the other thing that he said uh, was, you know, when you listen to on the campaign. And, uh, and he said, Oh, I listened to the the misfits and bad brains and the clash. And, you know, and I was kind of sitting there as like, how, how do you, know, how do like sort of center left Texas politics and bad brains match up, you know, and I even think about myself of like, how do I, how do I square this circle? Because it doesn't, it doesn't quite fit together, but I kind of get it. Um uh, you know uh it's hard to uh, it's hard to wear sort of button down shirts and flacks and be a huge bad veins fan, but maybe that's sort of having that positive you know positive mental attitude right yeah. of like you care you know be who you are
0: but. and then he's into it turns out he was like a member of like an of of like one of the early hacking groups in a way when I read that I was like this guy <laughs> yeah, built this guy built for me. He he was listening to he was listening to Ian Mackay and going on BBS systems in the eighties and early nineties. Like this is uh, the closest closest culturally to me anyone has ever any presidential candidate has ever been. Some guy who likes punk rock and uh, doing Facebook lives and also has done a lot of like weird backdoor internet community building in secretive ways on early BBS (laughs) systems. Yeah, this is my dude. I
1: like the guy. It's yeah. It's bizarre, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think he's my candidate at the moment, but uh, it's, it is, I do have that same sort of like general warm feeling where I'm like, oh, I think I get this guy, like I think I understand him in a way that uh, you know, I don't necessarily feel about a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, but, I wouldn't be mad, uh, I wouldn't be mad yeah. about him, who knows, what's the, okay, Hillary, Hillary's campaign. Yeah. You were there. Yeah, you, yeah. You've indicated that there's some stories there. What are you willing to share? Ooh, now that's what I call a cliffhanger. We're going to get the inside dirt when we get back. But first, check out our advertisers. Use the promo codes if you're interested. It's how the show will survive. We'll be right back after this. Have you heard about Joybird, the company behind the revolution in online furniture shopping? Joybird offers one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options from mid-century modern to contemporary classics, all customizable in an amazing array of fabric choices, from rich, buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. There's even a wide range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery available, as well as free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. And with Joybird's 365-day home trial, skip the furniture store, bring the showroom home, sit on it, sleep on it, break it in, and if you don't love your Joybird, return it for a full refund. That's a good sign of uh, good customer service right there. Confidence in the products from Joybird, and I understand it. It's a really good company, and they make good stuff. In-home delivery hassle-free. They'll even remove all the packing materials for you. Returns are free within two weeks of delivery. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash beautiful. Go to joybird.com slash beautiful. Receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code beautiful. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors our show. Now let's finish off this phone call. You've indicated that there's some stories there. What are you willing to share?
1: Well, you know, I so my... My my role is very limited. I did a bunch of sort of data analytics. And, you know, the first thing I'll say is that I was there for the last couple months uh, when they were sort of really tooling up for the general election. Uh, and the, the real sort of heroes of the story are the uh, organizers who were there from, you know, Iowa caucuses, like, you know, basically two years before Election Day all the way through. I mean, I know one person who basically worked 500 days straight uh, without a day off um from from the primaries all the way through, and you know anything anything I say is uh does not represent you know the way that they must feel and i don't know uh i don't know if I could understand after after doing all of that how you could feel um after you know working that hard for that long um for the you know for the people who who play listen to this who who we're all now it seems like it's just politics, 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 politics. But it have never actually, you know, maybe they've never knocked doors, or maybe they've uh, knocked doors, but they've never sort of organized, or maybe they've organized, but they've never been part of a, you know, on a local level, or never been part of a statewide, or a, or a general, or a, you know, a, a national campaign. Um, what I'll say is that, you know, the 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 people that I worked with were just were awesome and fascinating. Uh, I was in a particular state, so I didn't know many of the people at HQ, um, but I I was sort of deployed out to one of the states and everybody I worked with, I had, you know, tremendous respect for what I didn't expect about it. When I got there, I'd come out of sort of working in um, consulting, which is a lot of hours, and then ended up on the campaign and up to my how much I worked from like, you know, 10 hours a day, five days a week to you're working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, like nine to nine, nine to 10. Um but it didn't feel like that uh it felt like the time went like the i think it was five months I was there or something like that. It went like in the blink of an eye um and uh yeah um I'm, the hardest part, sort of afterwards uh was the feeling of of like total exhaustion. Um, because in the last couple of weeks, you just, you know, it's every hour that you can work as fast as you can work. Um, and, you know, and you're handling everything from like a, a, a sort of a campaign, a modern campaign is a, um, basically works by uh, the objective is to do the things that get your voters to go out and vote on election day, right? Uh, It's less persuasion, or at least in 16, it was less persuasion. It was more get out the vote. And so your objective is to uh, hire organizers on the ground who may be, say, a campus organizer, right, that you're in charge of, I don't know, that you're in charge of FSU or something, right? You're in charge of Rutgers or regionally based. You know, you're the Toledo.
0: I uh, wish I was in charge of Rutgers. A lot of things would have been different (laughs) if I was in charge of Rutgers when I was there. (laughs) A lot of things yeah, would have been changed. I'm in a happier place? I don't know if we had... <laughs> <laughs> in a happier place? I don't know
1: if we had a, had a Rutgers rep, but I oh. might have to ship them all out to over to Pennsylvania to knock doors.
0: Next time you put but, me in charge yeah. of Rutgers, I'll really shape that place up after all these years. Anyway, okay, I made a joke. You were saying... Yeah, yeah. So the...
1: No, no, no. Uh, the, I think the, the, the craziest sort of sleep-deprived thing I remember doing was in the last you have basically four days before election day, because election day is always on a Tuesday, right? And so you have, you, you plan to sort of, if you don't have early voting, or if you do have early voting, um, to do the majority of your get out the vote effort on those last four days. And so as part of that, you want to know exactly which doors on which houses are you going to knock and who are you going to ask for when somebody comes to the door, right? And so in the state that I was in, I think we had something like for the last 4 days we had like 28,000 packets of uh literally PDFs of doors that people had to knock. And I remember uh and we had to get them out to all these, you know, organizers in the state. I remember somebody asking uh um because we had the option to put like a cover page on these packets that described what the contents were. And somebody asked us if like Two in the morning, here are the number of vans that we have rented uh, to put these packets in and drive them around the state. Uh, Do we, uh, if we add one more page on each one of them, do we need to rent more vans? Do we have enough space? And so you have, you know, like, uh, you know, 10 people, some of them who are like, you know, Harvard. Harvard Law and Kennedy School people and, you know, taking time to do this and, and like, you know, Google engineers and all that, we're all sitting there at like 3.30 in the morning going, okay, all right, what, with a, you know, with a ruler trying to figure out, okay, what are the dimensions of a single sheet of paper? What are the dimensions of a hundred? What's the dimension of a van? Can you I have to go get the van? You know, and like, we're all running around with our, like, chickens with our heads cut off, but, Wow. Yeah
0: comes down to the individual to width of a sheet of paper, maybe the that may be the difference well, between a hundred doors getting knocked on in, or
1: not. Yeah. In my state it did not come down to that. Um but in other states it can. I mean New Hampshire, right, is always within is now like a thousand or two thousand vote state. Uh and so it's and you don't the hardest part is you don't know that in advance, right? So as you get closer and closer to election day. You know, it's the, I can do, I can spend this 15 minutes more because is this going to be the margin, right? If I make this, this algorithm slightly better, is that going to be the margin? If I get this report out a little bit quicker for the organizers, is that going to be the margin, right? And I think everybody sort of drives themselves on that, on that basis of what is it, could this be the thing that pushes you over the
0: edge? Yeah, Um, it's fun. My version of this on the other side, which I think this is exactly what you're talking about. So I live in Jackson Heights, Queens. I live in the district that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez represents. Yep. And I will tell you something, and maybe I hope I'm not uh make it, hope I'm not rocking the boat because I really I really have admired so much of what AOC has done. I voted for her and I'm proud I did. But here's some, I'm with you. Here's something that makes no. me laugh really hard that it sounds like it will make sense to you as someone who's been an organizer.
1: People, I have not. Well, I have not been an organizer. Those but, people do much harder jobs than I've ever done. Right. I don't want to. Take I'm just that saying, be,
0: being on the I've, inside and yeah, seeing the I've only pa- done data work. But you've seen the paper yeah. measure. You've had the night where we got to measure the paper and measure the vents. Yep. Like you've been on that side of the infrastructural side, trying to get it over the finish line. I'm not. I hope I'm not making waves or throwing shade in any way because I love my rep and I think she's standing up to the right people. That being said, people act like. Jackson Heights, Queens, and a few other neighborhoods in Queens and one neighborhood in the Bronx have thrown down the gauntlet as far as being the, uh, the, the ring bearers of this progressive wave that, that we swept in based on Cortez's new socialist values. And it's certainly a very liberal and progressive place. But I can tell you so honestly that from my perspective, the reason she won is because she hung up posters And Crowley didn't. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Straight up. Every business you walked past in Jackson Heights had like a well-designed AOC poster. It was blue. The color, the text was in yellow. It popped out. You're like, oh, who's this? She seems cool. Literally never saw a Joe Crowley poster. As the election approached for about three weeks out, pretty much every corner of my neighborhood, there'd be a person there with, uh, you know, pamphlets, postcards for AOC. Hey, I'm representing her. If you have any questions, they seemed like excited. They seemed like they had an energy to them. I don't want to say youthful energy because they weren't all young, but that youthful excitement that can span age. I saw one day where he had three people out by the train station passing out flyers, and they had all the enthusiasm of someone handing me like a carpet cleaning postcard or a mover's van, a rent my moving van. He clearly had hired them. The guy didn't put in the actual on-the-ground footwork. That's why... I I live there. I'm telling you, that's why Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got elected. Now, I really hope that she uses the opportunity to keep pushing the right buttons and standing up to the right people and and, and saying a lot of things that I think are good to say to the establishment. And I hope so. But I laugh so hard when people are like, she represents this new socialist movement because it's like she does, but that's not why she got elected. She got elected because she did the work. I will tell you I one time, I don't know if I've told this story on the show before. I left my house one day and I was heading to the Jersey Shore with Hallie Bullet, my wife. We're going down the beach and I said, "Usually I change at the beach." I said, "You know, you know what? I'll just walk I'll just walk to the car in the in my outfit. So I have on a straw hat, a pink bathing suit and a button-down shirt. I look like a jerk is what I'm saying. I'm carrying a beach chair. I look like a jerk. I get to the end of my corner, and there's like a handful of people standing there. And I'm like, oh, that's that lady who's running for Congress. It's just AOC is at the end of my block. I almost said the name of my block in Queens. We don't need that. We don't need that. Um, end of my block. And I, she's just standing there with like three or four organizers. Nobody's mobbing her. And I walked by and they're like, oh, do you live in this district? I'm like, yeah, I live on this block. They're like, well, this is Alexandria. Um, Say hello. She's running. I shook her hand said, yeah, you've been really making waves. It's really impressive. And she said, yeah, I hope you uh, can start voting for me. And this other woman said she's going to do a really good job. And I looked at this other woman and I go, I recognize this person. Oh, it's Susan Sarandon. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Susan Sarandon at the end of my block. And they're just looking at me. And I look down and realized I'm wearing a pink bathing suit and a straw hat. I've never dressed like this one time in my life. And then to make it even worse... One of the very enthusiastic young campaign organizers who was there with AOC and Susan and goes, oh, this guy does comedy. And they were both like, what? And she's like, yeah, he's a pretty well-known comedian. I've seen him around town. He's, he's been done TV stuff. And I was utterly humiliated. But she was out there on every corner shaking hands, handing out postcards, hanging up posters. The other guy didn't. That's why she won. You know that. You know how far that goes. Hello? Did we really lose him while I went on a rant? That's kind of amazing. What if he just hung up because he got bored? (laughs) What if he's just like, this is annoying. I got bored. That would be kind of a hilarious way for this episode of all episodes. The guy who never heard the show before just hung up when he felt like it. Hey, sorry. Hey, no sweat, man. What's up? (laughs) Nope. Hey, hi. What happened there? You put it on mute by accident or what? Hello? Yeah. Hi. Hello. I love that this is happening. Don't edit any of this out. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hey. <laughs> this is what I thought this show would be when we first came up with the idea. Hi. And there, that was him hanging up, right? Should I pause the clock? Oh, you did pause it. I'm being told. Okay. I love that they can hear that. A behind-the-scenes look at technical difficulties. I've been heard. I've been told that here at our IT department, maybe they're trying to shut down talk of uh, AOC. Maybe we've got one of jo- Joe Crowley's Queens Democratic machine cronies shutting down our IT. Look at this. I, I vote that we leave all this in. We got technical disaster. Political intrigue, talk of fighting. Harry's over here talking about getting. He said, "I'm going to get so many weed. Com- I'm going to get so many weed gummies. It's going to make the Haribo people say that's too many gummies." Is that a good reference to the Haribo? Haribo? How do you say that? Haribo? Haribo? First one, the way I first heard it. He says it's going to make those Haribo people. Think twice about how many gummies I got. He's over here in everybody. He's over here in a rage. He's pounding the glass with his fist. He's making motions like he's gonna cut my throat. This is wild.
1: Hey, Chris.
0: Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Sorry about that. I think it was on our end.
1: No, 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 no worries. I was just trying to figure out. Like, oh God, did we just talk for that long for nothing? (laughs) No, it's
0: never for nothing. Now, did you hear my whole rant about AOC Uh, one because she hung up posters?
1: Yes, 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 yes. And I I went on a whole rant myself. Oh, you did. Now I'm, I'm thinking hard about exactly what I want to say, but I think we, we missed that half of it.
0: Yes, we did not hear your rant. So I was just saying, you know. Okay. I think you know that her shaking hands, handing out postcards, hanging up posters, works, really works. Yeah. Well,
1: it's it. you know, it's the, so I'll give you the, what the like.
0: Wait, could you just hear that? To just hear Jared rambling about Susan Saran, what a goddamn... You've never listened to the show before, dude. I want to assure you, it's not always this big of a fucking mess. Sorry, Sally, which is a reference you don't know. But listen, it's a big goddamn... Everybody over here, we're going to have a team meeting because we got to get our shit together. This guy's brand new. He's never heard the show, and this is our best foot forward? I don't think so. This guy's never going to subscribe now, and we need all the subscribers we get. We can get you are trying to sell. Chris, I'm yeah. having
1: Chris. I'm having a wonderful time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about well,
0: it. I just want you to know that we're not normally sailing rudderless out in the open seas. No, very <laughs> often we actually are. Anyway, okay. So you were I, saying? I mean, yes.
1: <laughs> no, uh, nothing, nothing important. Um, we can we could sw- we could switch back to boxing if that'll make the, uh, <laughs> the uh, listeners happy. <laughs> no. Um, so the, the only, you know, I'll give you two answers to, to, or two sort of responses to what you just said. The first is the from like the sort of political science and and what do we know about what's effective on modern campaigns? Um, nothing. Nothing's better than knocking doors um, for getting votes. Um, there, we don't know of any any other sort of treatment that you can you can sort of put on a, on a target population better than just going out and knocking doors. If anybody's sitting there and they're like, you know, trying to figure out, Hey, how can I help the most? Um, picking up a, a walk packet from your local organizer and going and knocking a door is just the best thing that you can do, but not everybody's capable of knocking at doors. You know, not everybody sort of has the the constitution for it. It is nerve wracking. It's, it's tough to do for the first. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to do for the first, you know, first couple. And then eventually you just sort of desensitize yourself. Um, but the uh, the next best thing is making phone calls, um, you know, and like, A, trying to recruit volunteers to come in and knock doors because, you know, C, one. Um, but two is also, you know, reminding people about where can they vote and all that. And and the on-the-ground organizers should have good call sheets for people. And then sort of every, everything after that comes in kind of a distant, you know, third, fourth, and fifth of, like, sending out mailers or stuffing um, mailboxes or talk, you know, uh, and all that sort of thing. But talking to people, right? Talking to people where they live is just like the best thing ever. And if that's at, at a train station or if that's, um, you know, at their door or wherever it is, um, every bit helps. The second thing is that, um, you know, just the enthusiasm. Like, you know, you, you mentioned, I think that you didn't feel like that the guys that you were, um, you know, the Crowley, the Crowley folks were, you know, uh, Maybe they weren't as genuine as as if they were, you know, true supporters. Maybe they weren't as sort of enthused. And, you know, there is a stark difference uh, in in the effect of having, like, a, a true volunteer versus a paid canvasser. Uh, true volunteers uh, get out more votes than paid canvassers do. Uh, and so, you know, if you're feeling fired up about somebody and, you know, you want to go help, uh, and whatever time you can there's there's nothing it 's literally the greatest thing that a campaign can get is a fired up volunteer who brings two or three friends to go and knock a couple doors or do whatever needs to be done so all right and and I think you saw that you saw that in her in her ground game,
0: yeah, and also not so in a neighborhood that is uh that is sort of legendarily diverse anybody 's ever heard of it, one of the yeah. first things you hear. I got also say for, a, for an older white guy to never make an appearance in the neighborhood and then for AOC to come along and really pound the pavement hard and uh, he, he just looks like someone who may be out of touch with where progressive people in liberal cities want to go. And he just underlines it and circles yeah. it and validates it and highlights it by not showing up. He's out of touch. He made yep. it and he didn't do anything to get back in touch with the very people he took for granted. Okay, so yeah, we got four yeah. minutes left. We got about four minutes left because of the technical snafus and I vote that we keep all of my ramblings in, but who knows? Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe it's not as funny as I thought. Uh, I hope you feel the same about mine. Yeah. No, I was just saying when you were off the line because yeah. we, could, we uh, disconnected you, I just started rambling about nonsense. You're you've been great. I think people people are going to point to this but, one and go, "This is like an old school all over the map." This was what the show was like before it was really established. Was just people shooting the shit about whatever.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm all about you know bringing it bringing it back to the roots, really of of what this used to be before you got all commercial, Chris.
0: <laughs> I, I, I want to reiterate a show you have not heard one time, true or false? No.
1: No. Yes. No, but I you know if anybody know if anybody knows it's you, right? So I'll take your word for it.
0: No, but I didn't say what you said. You're saying you're taking my word on a thing that you said. I did not say that it's commercial. Yes, I'm taking. <laughs> I never said I that we've sold out and gotten too commercial. We've been accused of it. <laughs> well,
1: when when I came back when I came back on you were talking about selling underwear. So I I guess oh, I just right. assumed, I know? guess
0: I was yelling about yeah. selling underwear. And then said, "This is an old school episode from yes." Yeah, so I see how you connected the dots. What a weird episode! But I like it. Any other messages you'd like to send to your girlfriend, who you assume is listening? And I want to thank her for listening.
1: Uh, yeah, I. You know, I would. I would just. Uh, other than reiterating what I've said before, I would say that you know, if you uh, slam the, uh, button over and over again, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually good things can happen to you too. I guess. Wow. Um, So you're giving actual instructions
0: and advice to our listeners who can't seem to get through.
1: They, they will,
0: they will, (laughs) they will. will. And what's Uh, the view like from the mountaintop for, for all the people who have been trying to climb the peaks that you've now climbed today. What's the view like (laughs) from the mountaintop?
1: Well, it's about an hour later. Uh, I, think I have a lot of work it, it's, I think I have a lot of work to do that I haven't been doing. Um, but I think uh, it's been fun i I really enjoyed I really enjoyed talking to you, Chris. you know I get the though I didn't get the chance to to come up and and chat um, when we came to watch the show. Um, you know, I, I think the impression that, that I had of you was, uh, was very warm, uh, is the adjective that I'd use to, to, describe it. And, um, just talking to you for an hour, you know, I could do this for, for another hour, I think. Uh, I don't think I'll get that lucky and I hope somebody else gets the spot before I do again. Uh. But.
0: I hope you call and get through again. I hope you call, get through again, and say, Hey, it's that guy again, and I still haven't listened. I didn't even listen to my episode and I get through again. <laughs> you'll become the you'll become the ultimate villain of this show. Be like million dollar I, yeah, man Ted you know. DiBiase, the ultimate bad guy. I
1: mean, whatever right, whatever the opposite of first time long time is, you know, first time never, <laughs> I guess.
0: First time not interested time. Not <laughs> interested, buddy. <laughs> I love it. It was a really good call, but we got about right. a minute. We got a little well, less than a minute. What are your closing words here?
1: Oh, uh, that's a good question um I guess the you know the pitch I would make is uh when i um when I left to go work on the campaign uh You know, I kind of, I quit my job and, and sort of packed everything up in my car and drove out to do it because I thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, I was in the position at that point. I was very fortunate to have that chance and that ability. Um, but I hope, you know, if there's anybody out there who's, who's watching the primaries, um, and thinking, God, I really want to get into this. Like I really wish, I really hope and I really feel like it's, it's necessary for me to go, to go and help. Uh, go do it. Um, it was the best, easily the best thing I've ever done, and I don't regret it for a second. So, uh, if you're sitting on the fence, get off the fence. Um, it's uh, Things are a little too crazy to, to stay on the fence.
0: So get go off do the it fence. if you can. Good closing words. Thank you yep. for calling. Thank you for saying I have a warm energy. I promise you if we do meet in person, I'll either be pleasant or terrified, depending on my mental state that day. <laughs> Thank you for calling.
1: All right, great to talk to you, Chris.
0: Callers, thank you so much for calling I hope you enjoyed the experience I like talking to you And I have a feeling You scored some major points With your lady friend When you said All those sweet things Could have gotten mean You went sweet instead Well done Thank you for calling Thank you to Jared O'Connell And Harry Nelson In the booth Sorry I gave everybody Such a hard time It's not their fault The technical stuff is a bigger picture than us Thanks Justin Linville Thank you Shell Shack If you want to know about me And all the things I'm up to Go to ChrisKeth.com Good way to you know When I'm getting out on the road if you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, Rate, Review, Subscribe. It only really helps when you do. Thanks so much for listening. Me. Three, two, three. You ever go and try to find the perfect vacation home? And it's just it's just tough. You get distracted, you wind up going down all these internet rabbit holes. Seeing all these videos of cute babies and dogs surfing and stuff like that. What you need is Verbo. They do the hard work for you, matching you to the perfect place to stay every time from condos to cabins. You got, want a place with a yard, a grill, a hot tub? Well, they got it all. My mom uses Verbo. She got mad at me. She said, It's not pronounced Verbo, it's VRBO. I said, Mom, they're an advertiser on my show. It's pronounced Verbo. I'm teaching you now that we're later in life. Search VRBO in the App Store to download the Verbo app today. Put a stop to frustrating vacation searches. Let Verbo find a home that matches you. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone who lives very far away breaks down their life, their culture, and the things we can all do to help.
1: How many minutes do we have left?
0: (laughs) 17 and a half minutes.
1: 17 and a half, holy shit. Okay. This is very, very important, and I need to tell this to your audience because it will help my mom Okay. in her work. So call center jobs are, are a huge business. Um, for them to be paid more, you guys have to answer the surveys that tell them how is the customer service. Was it satisfactory or not? Don't drop the phone. If you really like the customer service, if you really like the people who are helping you, you fill up the survey and say they're doing great because they'll get paid more. I really? am begging you. It helps. Yeah. It's because they rely on customer satisfaction to get more money. And that's how my mom's getting her, her money right now.
0: That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.